Hi, I'm Kayla. And I'm Audrey. And this is Mordor She Wrote. Episode one? A long-expected party. And I feel like that title is a little ironic considering the circumstances behind episode number one. Yes. So this is actually the second time we're recording this episode? I believe so. At least it's not as bad as when we did the promo stuff. Because I think we recorded that three separate times. Something like that. Uh, we had yeah. some. We had a little bit of an audio snafu with episode one. So we are recording again. Um, we have recorded a few more episodes already at this point and read a few more chapters. So some of Kayla's predictions from this chapter may or may not uh, still hold true. But we're just going to go through it again. Yes. Um, give you guys the foundation. So on this podcast, I am a longtime fan of Lord of the Rings. I've read the books dozens of times, seen the movies dozens of times. And Kayla is coming in completely fresh with only The Hobbit as her Tolkien knowledge. So we're reading chapter by chapter. I have for a long time wanted to be a fan. And um, here's the opportunity Yes, this so. is the perfect opportunity. Why not podcast it, right? Right. That's the we should so. start a band of our time. We should do a podcast. <laughs> we should do a podcast. <laughs> I'm pulling up my um, my Kindle version of the story. Perfect. So I can have my... It, it was a little much juggling a book on my desk at the same time as my notes because I'm a weirdo and like to take longhand notes oh that's okay i have longhand notes too but my notebook's very small no i'm talking like you know me i have a macbook an ipad (laughs) an apple watch i take notes by hand so that's okay we can we can post pictures (laughs) of our beautiful notebooks yes i believe i've threatened to do that before probably but Um, we haven't posted anything on social media yet so we can start fresh when did all of this stuff with the Saxville Baggins, with the giving stuff away, is that the prologue or is that chapter one? Um, I believe that that's chapter one because the prologue is just about the, um, it's concerning hobbits. So it's just a little background on the hobbits. Yeah. Um, the way my audiobook is set up is, not audiobook, ebook is set up is stupid. Okay, I'm good. So... I have as my notes, I'm not even a page in, and I have thoughts, so should we drop some background on what is happening with this chapter? Yes, so we start this chapter with Mr. Bilbo Baggins holding a birthday party for his 111st, uh, 111th birthday, so everybody in the Shire, in Hobbiton, is very excited. Uh, He had been the wonder of the Shire for 60 years because he went on a grand adventure, and that's just generally something hobbits don't do. And he's friends with a wizard. Um, Yes. Sorry if you can hear some background jingles. My dog cannot make up her mind whether or not she wants to be in this room with me or not. Um, It's been my experience with the podcasting world that people generally like pets. Well, I Um, hope they like my dog. She's a little stinker, so... Well, we've decided that Mel is an endearing mascot for the show <laughs> as of the last five seconds. Perfect. Um, it's better than my refrigerator sounding like it's dying in the background. It's okay. We can post pictures both of Mel and the refrigerator also. <laughs> yeah. 
So I have some notes about this conversation between Bilbo and Gandalf, and I say some notes, and it is one. And it's the conversation they're having about, like, his plan, like, what exactly he's planning to do as far as leaving the Shire permanently and leaving everything to Frodo. And apparently Bilbo tells a joke at one point and Gandalf doesn't seem amused. Yes. And that was the note. Uh, it Well, his joke is his plan, which is not revealed to us yet at this point. Um, oh, yes. And Sorry. In the, and Spoilers. No, you're good. And the lead up to Bilbo and Gandalf speaking, uh, Gandalf showing up at his door, um, we get some background where the townsfolk are kind of gossiping about Bilbo and Frodo, who's his adopted nephew, um, after Frodo was orphaned. Yeah, all of Bilbo's crazy adventures, and everybody's like, did this actually happen? Everybody's or... like, they're so weird. They're just completely weird, and there's something wrong with them, and it's totally weird. And um, Tolkien definitely writes in, like, a vernacular yeah. uh, dialect for for the, we're going to say, lower-class hobbits, I guess, the working-class hobbits that aren't just living off the riches that they got from a weird adventure. Um, yeah. Because he uses words like drowned and like spelling jewels, J-O-O-L-S. Uh, yes. So, yeah, there's um, there's a little bit of a class divide in the Shire. But eventually Gandalf does show up and he and Bilbo reunite and they talk about Bilbo's plan, which, again, you said Gandalf doesn't seem to find it as amusing as Bilbo does. Yeah, especially considering um, Bilbo acting a little squirrely about his ring. It's precious. Yes, yes. I, be I believe he even refers to it as his precious in this chapter. He does. So Oh, he does. I got chills when he called the ring my precious. That is what my notes say from when I read this the first time many months ago. Yes, when um, so after the party, when Bilbo is getting ready to leave, he's determined to leave all his possessions behind to <laughs> his nephew Frodo, including his ring, his magic ring that turns him invisible, uh, which yes. he puts on at the party after his big old speech, um, and he disappears right in front of all the hobbits, and yeah, then goes back home, and uh, Gandalf sees him off, and he has a little bit of trouble getting leaving the ring behind but he eventually does it but that is the part where he yeah. calls it his precious i do recall this um apparently there is a song in this chapter because the next line i have is i forgot about all the damn singing from the hobbit until now yes uh um, so we talked about this the first time around and i said tolkien loves songs mostly because he loves like old english poetry and songs and things like that um so he's got just a ton of songs in this book and i actually know the tune of this one because it's one of the ones that's in the movies um is it one of the ones you're going to sing for i am all going us, to sing it right now us? i'm going to sing it right now kayla oh. are you, are oh, you ready i'm ready the road goes ever on and on down from the door where it began now far ahead the road has gone and i must follow if i can so there's another verse here but like that's the general tune that's kind of that's, that's the gist yeah uh tolkien has a whole bunch of those there's only one in this chapter though which is nice we'll talk about lots of but songs throughout only this book one 
Yes. Um, in chapter four, when we get there, I have thoughts about that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just... The singing, oh my god. So I told you the first time around why it drives me insane. And it's not because of the writing. It's because I listened to the audiobook with my class last year. and um, For The Hobbit, we listened... right? Yes, for The Hobbit. Sorry. Um, to clarify, we listened to The Hobbit and... I would play the audiobook for them, but they started to fall asleep because the book would move so slow. And then we got to the song. It was about the third song in The Hobbit. They're like, oh, my God, Miss Knight, why? And I'm like, okay, I'll fast forward through it. Only I didn't realize that it, like, would be so many songs. Like, I'm triggered a little bit by these memories. It's a lot. And then the other... The other fun thing was when I would play the audiobook, I would speed it up some. And for those sections, I would put it on like fast enough to make it sound like a chipmunk was singing the song. Oh, that's funny. Because the guy on the recording, he gets into it, man. Like he loves to sing him some Hobbit songs. That's because the Hobbit songs are the best ones. Yes. So what's next in your notes? Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? We're jumping a little bit around in this chapter because, yeah. of course, there's a lot of description of the party and Gandalf's fireworks in particular and the feast. And then yes. you have all of Bilbo's speech and he disappears at the end of his big old speech. Um, he does. And then he leaves Frodo um, bag end and all the contents therein. And I remember the Saxville Bagginses were not happy about this no because they were hoping they to were inherit and if i remember correctly for the time that bilbo was gone on his first adventure they had all but like moved into the hobbit hole and um taken like just taken over the place is is that a correct recollection that is a correct recollection they were very so disgruntled they all... to be displaced and then they thought that they um they were owed everything. So the next note I have is, I just finished chapter one. It seems to have been, I seem to have been right to worry about Bilbo and that ring. He's gone a bit bananas about it. And then my very next note is about Otho and Labelia. Yes, yes. So... Uh, Bilbo leaves his ring behind eventually. We, as we mentioned, he has some difficulty with it. Um, but Gandalf helps him out and he does eventually leave and he sings a song as he's leaving. And then later Frodo comes up to Bag End and Gandalf is there alone. And Gandalf makes particular mention of Bilbo's ring being left for Frodo. So they put it in an envelope and seal it away. Yeah. I also have, we don't, ha we really don't see a lot of Frodo in this chapter. I mean, he, he has talked about, he is described and like the relationship between him and all oh, what's his nuts. Bilbo is explained. Yes. But this chapter is really about Bilbo because it's picking up. Um, it's basically like yeah. you remember Bilbo from the Hobbit. Here he is now. 20 years later, but not really like 60, 120 years, later. 60, yeah. 50 something years later, something like that. Well, if it was in human aging terms, it would probably be like 30 years later. Yeah. Then there's a section where he, uh, Tolkien describes some of the many things that Bilbo left to other people, uh, which he goes into quite a lot of detail for, but then says, this is only a small selection of the assembled presents. 
And so we're led yeah. to believe that Bilbo uh, was a hoarder and he gave a bunch of stuff to a bunch of people. Yep. Um, yeah, I basically am Bilbo Baggins, minus the desire to go on adventures. I like to live in, I like to stay in my house. I have a lot of crap. Um, I don't know. I feel very Hobbit-esque. That's okay. It's nice time. to be Hobbit-esque. Yes. So right there in my notes, that's kind of where I'm like the wrap up. Um, Do you have anything else in particular about uh, Otho oh, yeah. and Lobelia? Oh, I, nope. That was about it. Other than the fact that they remind me of um, relatives that I have. And I feel like everybody has a relative like that in their family. That is like, I want grandma's china or whatever. Like Just waiting to pounce kind of. Yes. Yeah. Right. Any day they'll kick the bucket. That's kind of kind of my vibe there. And my last significant note before like my reflections on chapter one is I wonder how long it'll be before I slip up and call Gandalf Dumbledore. <laughs> um it hasn't happened yet, no, in it case hasn't. you're wondering. No, not that I remember. Um, well, a little a little teaser for the next three episodes. I have yet to well, the next two. I don't know about the fourth one. Um, I have yet to call Gandalf Dumbledore. Um, we also in this chapter meet two more of Frodo's friends, although I think only one is mentioned in the context of being Frodo's friend. We meet Samwise Gamgee. He's with some uh -huh. of the lower class hobbits in the like gossip scene, um, defending yeah. Frodo and Bilbo with his father, who's called the gaffer. And then yeah. we meet. He's one of my favorites. I love the gaffer. He's great. Uh, and then we meet Mariotic Brandybuck, which is short for Mary is what he goes by. And uh, he, yes. he's like a distant relation of Frodo's and one of his friends. And so he's here in Bag End getting the Sackville Bagginses and some other stragglers out of Back End. <laughs> yeah, like, all right, party's over. Get the fuck out now. Yes. And then Gandalf shows um, up and they think it's the Sackville Bagginses coming back. Yeah. Lord. So this is one of those books, normally I'm like, uh, don't read the prequel before you read the actual series, but I would have been lost as hell if I had not already read The Hobbit by the time um, we got to Lord of the Rings and I had time to stop and think about chapter one because there was just so much back knowledge required for chapter one and... It is quite a lot, and um, and I can say that after having read chapters two, three, and four at this point, that like it is a common theme, and I'm glad that this is a setup where I have to stop and take notes and think about what I've read because if I was doing a pleasure read of this, um, I don't know if I would ever finish this novel, and it's not because it's bad writing; it's just there is a lot of stuff going on. There is, and there is a lot of background setup required, like you said. Um, but I think it helps, too, that, like, chronologically, Tolkien wrote The Hobbit first, and so he's literally using The Hobbit as a jumping-off point. Um, so he tries to cram all of that backstory into the prologue and into this very first chapter and just says, here's the circumstances. And if he hadn't read The Hobbit, you're just like, okay, so he has this ring. There's something weird about it. He got it on this adventure a while ago. Let's go, I guess, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also looking over the rest of my notes for the chapter. Um, there's a lot of disparate elements. 
Like, it randomly occurred to me about a third of the way through this chat, through writing all of this down, that I recall reading about the use of the prophecy like chosen one trope in fantasy and Lord of the Rings was definitely on that list. So I think that was on my list of predictions that I had made about um, things to come. And I was not wrong about that. Spoiler alert. You were not wrong about that. That's ex extremely true. Yes, I feel like we get to that in chapter two, though, so I won't talk about that a whole lot here. Um, but I only had two. I only had two notes written down for this chapter from our first read through, and yeah. one was the notation of like classism in the Shire and the different dialects Tolkien uses to like note that, and the other was yeah. just wow, there are so many postmen in the Shire because when there's the little section of it talking about Bilbo's. Uh, invitations they talk about having to hire additional I, postmen to deliver them i was quite impressed at the infrastructure for public services in yeah. middle earth they describe it's, essentially two public service jobs and one is postmen and one is sheriffs and that's it yeah <laughs> but like think about all of the um the other things that have to be in place to have a successful postal service no and at minimum, good roads and reliable communication um, tactics. Like, like um, I just think of the Incan Empire, which seems really weird, but um, they were known for ha it was the Incans, right? With the with the roads, and they had messengers that would just run. And I know they did this in Rome too, but that was the specific example that popped into my head. And I'm like, it's kind of impressive that they were able to do all of this with horse. Horses and carts. Yeah, that's really awesome. I do I do love yeah. it. I love Tolkien's descriptions of the Shire and the people living there. He's really just like taking everything he loves about the English countryside and putting it in one place. Yes. Well, my notes for the chapter one ended on my life goal. One of them is to host a party like a hobbit. Yes. Yes. I, for my birthday this year, did a Hobbit party, which couldn't have, it didn't have very many people because, of course, it's the pandemic, so just our household, but we had... What do you mean there's a pandemic going on? What do you, what do you mean, Kayla? Oh, no. I live in the South. We we pretend it doesn't exist, oh. much like hurricanes. Great. Um, But no, we, we did yeah. all of the meals. We did all uh, seven meals, and I decorated, and... We marathoned the movies and just all kind of lazed around comfortably. It was it was very nice. That's my kind of birthday party. Yep. I want that kind of Hobbit birthday party. I don't want an actual Hobbit birthday party. I changed my mind. Yeah. That's too many fucking people that I have to give presents to. <laughs> yeah, because Hobbits give each other presents at their birthday parties. Well, I mean, I think the notion is sweet, but I am forgetful and... Somebody would not get a present and would get their feelings hurt about it. And that's not that's not the way we roll in this household. That's why you just um, get everybody the same party favor type present. Yes. That's the easy solution, right? That is the easiest of all of the solutions. Audrey, when have I ever made anything easy in my life? I don't know. You're always like, no. Audrey, I have this new project. And I'm like, mm, another one? Yes. <laughs> I like my projects and I work on all of them, maybe not equally, but they all get worked on. They do, and they turned out they turn out great because of it. So, yes. I was just mainly thinking of 
way back in 2014 when I was still working on the first draft of the novel that shall not be named right now. <laughs> but um, I don't remember what was going on, but there was a scene and I was like extrapolating all of these wildly com um, complex and convoluted plot lines. And you look, you messaged me back that day and you're like, what if so-and-so did this instead? And I was like, how the hell did I not think of that? <laughs> Sometimes you just need a different set of eyes on it. It do be like that. But And then I have a sappy, I ha a sappy thought for the end of the chapter oh, yeah. about how I feel like there's something oddly ironic and poetic about the title of this chapter and my own undertaking right now. Um... I've put off reading Lord of the Rings basically my entire life and have almost bragged about it on occasion when asked. And this is definitely going to be a long expected party. Yes, I am very excited for this party, this journey with you. Um, so all things considered, this is a good start. Take two. Yes, we are unapologetically open about recording errors that happen look audio is weird and hard sometimes it's such a pain in the butt it really i is. ended up using my cheaper microphone for this because it's the only one that works reliably like yikes yeah well the nature of the beast is that is that all we have for this chapter kayla that is all we have for this chapter other than um us not flubbing over the social media for the first time. Well, you because... can tell them what the social media is because yes. I don't know it. Yes. Well, friends, we are on Instagram and Twitter as Mordor underscore she wrote. Um, that's it. That is the screen name for Instagram and Twitter. And can confirm that the email address is Mordor she wrote podcast at gmail.com so it's all very simple to remember um and that's mainly for my own sake not because i like our audience or anything um i will forget it if it's not easy to remember it's okay i already know you're gonna have to tack the correct social media onto the episodes we've already recorded because i don't think we said it correctly yeah i'm just gonna record a separate file and say by the way if you heard something wrong here you go yeah that sounds so, good anyways well, my friends, we'll see you next chapter.